6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Friday Erev Shabbos. 
This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Hashem, 
ישיירת השם עתיד הלל, תן עולם מפרי הדעה, יהללוה בשערים הזהה.
desert We started out as slaves Made it to the motherland And then came the crusades It's been so many years Crying so many tears Don't you know, don't you really know We are pushed to the ground Through our faith we are found Standing strong The Spanish Inquisition Wanted us to bow But our backs ain't gonna bend Never then and never now It's been so many years Crying so many tears Don't you know, don't you really know
morning, JM in the AM. Not a bad hour of music, huh? Shiva Boys with Curry Bone. You heard David Perlman in there with Adon Olam. Hine, that was Levi Folkowitz. Simcha Liner's Simcha. Shei Bana from Barry Weber. Ari Waxman with Baor Panach. Amivan Siach was Derech Achim. David Gabe had Yimloch. Nigun of the Birds by Shlomo Katz. Yaakov Shweki's We Are a Miracle. Yedid Nefesh was Yanki Lemmer. Baruch Levine's Bowie Vishalom. Aisha Schayel from Sandy Shmueli. And Regesh. Modani opened things up, and we say good morning. Welcome to a Friday on this June 25th, day 15 in the month of Tammuz, the year 5781. Tufshin Payalif. It's Erev Shabbos Parshas Bullock with candle lighting time at 811 in New York. 811 to uh, um, make sure you know when things start where you are. 811 in New York. A lot of people begin early again. Make sure you know when things start where you are. Sunday is the uh, 17th of Tammuz. Sunday is a fast day. Sunday begins our three weeks format. Sunday is a Shiva Tammuz. What can I tell you? Sunday is Shiva Tammuz. A long fast day, at least here in this part of the world. Um, I would imagine in Australia it's really short, right? I would guess. <laughs> Hello to our listeners in Australia. 64 degrees, cloudy and a high of 80. Partly cloudy tonight, low 68. Tomorrow, isolated thunderstorms, high 82. We're at 86 in Yerushalayim. We're at 64 here in New York City. As there we go, as we say good morning at JM in the AM. Do our news from Israel coming up, and then, of course, plenty more. Harry Rothenberg and Rabbi Yudin on Parsha's Bullock. We'll check in with our friends from Turo College. Malcolm Honline will join us, Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. We call it the weekly update. Malcolm will be with us coming up. It is the final day of our spring-summer fundraiser. 
All I could say is if you like what you hear every morning here at JM and the AM, and if you like what you're listening to seven days a week at the Nahum Siegel Network, all I could say is please give, please support us, and please keep us going. FJBUnity.org, FJBUnity.org for the Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting, FJBUnity.org. Galei Tzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast next to JMN. גלי צהל השעה שתיים, באולפן נועם גולדברג יונגמן עם מה שקורה עכשיו. מצד הגאווה בתל אביב, המשטרה עצרה גבר ואישה תושבי בית שמש בחשד לתקיפת שוטרים, לאחר שניסו להיכנס לאזור המצעד בכוח. קודם לכן נעצר גבר בשנות השלושים לחייו, כשעליו כלי תקיפה רבים, בחשד שרצה לפגוע במשתתפים. עשרות אלפי בני אדם צועדים בשעה זו ברחובות תל אביב וצפויים לסיים את החגיגות בגן צ'ארלס קלור. משרד הבריאות ממליץ לצועדים ולצועדות לעטות מסכות מחשש להידבקות בקורונה. הלווייתו של נחמיה אהרוני, בן ה-14, שנמצא ללא רוח חיים במאגר מים סמוך לבית שמש, יוצאת בשעה זו מבית העלמין בעיר. כתבתנו עשהאל פלד מוסרת כי אמש הותר נחמיה לאחר שעבדו עקבותיו במהלך טיול בית ספרי. אנשי הצוות של הישיבה בה למד הובאו לחקירה ושוחררו היום בתנאים מגבילים למעצר בית בן חמישה ימים. המאבק בהתפשטות הקורונה, חובת עטיית מסכות בשטחים סגורים, הוקדמה להיום ונכנסה לתוקפה. משרד הבריאות פרסם את נתוני התחלואה, 227 חולים מאומתים אובחנו ביממה האחרונה, אחוז הבדיקות החיוביות עומד על 0.6, עלייה קלה מהיממה הקודמת. בצה"ל מדווחים כי חמישה חיילים ואנשי קבע אובחנו חולים בנגיף, 46 שוהים בבידוד. כתבנו לענייני צבא וביטחון דורון קדוש מוסר כי כל המאובחנים בצה"ל הינם מחוסנים. ילדה בת שבע נפצעה בינוני מפגיעת רכב ברחוב עין גנים בפתח תקווה. חובשים ופרמדיקים של מגן דוד אדום העניקו לה טיפול רפואי ופינו אותה לבית החולים בלינסון כשהיא סובלת מחבלה בראשה. ומזג האוויר לשבת בהיר ללא שינוי ניכר בטמפרטורות. שתהיה לכם שבת שלום, אלה החדשות. First time ever there Strapped into his knapsack With his long and curly hair He stood there for a while Then broke out with a smile Emotion, overwhelming joy With tears The men were dancing there The heart so full of love They sang such happy tunes The one above for showing them the way for giving them a day to rest rejoice with peace of mind to pray
my friend He seemed to be amused He said much more than that I am a bit confused I know I am a Jew I was bar mitzvah too But Shabbos in our home Whoever knew He asked to join with us To understand and see He spent some time with us In total ecstasy Next Shabbos came along His feelings grew so strong He first began to feel that he belonged Just one Shabbos and we'll all be free Just one Shabbos, come and join with me Let's sing and dance in the sky With our spirits so high We'll show them all it's true Let them come and join us too Just one Shabbos and we'll all be free Just one Shabbos, come and They learn new things each day To live the Torah way The message of the Shabbos they'll relay Now every Friday night They go down to the wall Invite some people home And they will tell them all We'll teach you this new song To join and sing along And soon we'll all be free It won't be long J.M. in the A.M. Well, one of the reasons that that song is so significant is because that is the song that inspired, that was inspired by the incredible work of Rabbi Mayer's sister of blessed memory. Uh, the brand new book is out. It's uh, it's an art scroll book. Go to artscroll.com. 
It is called A Tap on the Shoulder of a Mayor Schuster and a Magical Era of Chuva. Jonas and Rosenblum wrote the book. We uh, featured it yesterday here at um, JM in the AM. We featured uh, our conversation with Jonas and Rosenblum and the uh, book A Tap on the Shoulder. Um, go to artscroll.com, order the book. Uh, always use promo code radio when you use promo code radio at artscroll.com. You get uh, a nice discount and free shipping every time you use it. You get a nice discount and free shipping, no minimum, at artscroll.com. Harry Rothenberg is coming up and plenty more, of course, on this uh, Friday morning era of Shabbos. We'll check in with our friends at Turo's Lander Colleges and uh, plenty more happening. This is a um, one of the brand new selections from Yaakov Shweki. In fact... This title track is one of my absolute favorites uh, on the brand new album. It's entitled L'Chaim, A Toast to Life. Yaakov Shweki is brand new. It's Friday at JM and M.
There it is. Quite a song, huh? A toast to life. L'chaim. Yaakov Shweki here on a, uh, what is today? Friday. Oh, my gosh. It's already Friday. <laughs> you ever get that, uh, you ever get that the scare? You wake up, you go, oh, my gosh. It's already Erev Shabbos. So much to be done before the end of the week. Uh, Dean Marion Stoltz, like he's going to join us from Turo. I was just sharing with her off the air my incredible simcha, my incredible joy uh, regarding uh, Chava's graduation or pinning, as they call it, uh, from the Turo Nursing School yesterday. And one of the things I wanted to mention, I, I really should save this when she's on the air, but I can't resist. Uh, one of the things I wanted to mention was the uh, incredible respect and love that the instructors at Turo have for their students, for the institution, uh, meaning the high institution of higher learning, and the profession. Watching watching a diverse group of veteran um, members of the nursing industry welcome the new students, men and women, into their uh, arena as colleagues was just heartwarming, just beautiful. Anyway, we'll do more about Turo coming up because they have their big day coming up on Monday, and we'll explain all of that here at JM in the AM. Uh, Harry Rothenberg. I just saw Harry. To Harry and his wife, a happy anniversary. We saw Harry Wednesday night. He and his wife were uh, enjoying a beautiful dinner because it was their wedding anniversary. And we walked into the same restaurant. Balak, the king of Moab, sends his daughter Cosby, the princess, to attempt to seduce one of the leaders of the Jewish people. Unfortunately, she's successful. Zimri, the leader of the tribe of Shimon, gives in to her amorous advances, and while the two of them are engaged in an act of forbidden intimacy, we're told that Pinchas got up and left the assembled people and took his spear in his hand and entered their tent and killed both of them. The Torah never tells us anything unnecessarily. Why do we need this description of Pinchas's pre-action preparation? He got up and he left the people and he took a spear in his hand. Just say that Pinchas went into the tent and killed them both. We realize that he must have gotten up and taken a spear and had it in his hand. I heard an explanation once as follows. If we didn't have that description of his preparation, we would think that Pinchas was a prior day version of Rambo or John Wick walking around with a spear just waiting for someone to look at him cross-eyed so you'd have an excuse to kill him. That's not the case. Pinchas was mild-mannered. He wasn't looking to kill anybody. He was way out of his comfort zone. He had to get up, leave the people he was with, take a spear in his hand, and then go into their tent and use it to kill them. We see from this that we have to always be at the ready, at a moment's notice, without any warning, to stand up when God's reputation or the reputation of the Jewish people is at stake. It's awkward, it's difficult, it's uncomfortable. But we have to leave our comfort zone when the situation requires it. I had a situation like that once, and I'm not happy to tell you about it, but here it is. I was on a plane, sitting in the first row, on the aisle. The guy sitting across from me on the other aisle was wearing a yarmulke. And he was on the phone in a very heated conversation. And he was saying, oh yeah, I'll fire everybody in the company. Just try me. I'll go in there on Monday. I'll fire everybody. Over and over again. And I'm sitting there 
cringing. Now, I don't know what the guy on the other end of the line was saying, and I'm sure the guy with the yarmulke was bluffing and threatening and wasn't going to go forward on that, but every single person who boarded that plane had to walk down that aisle and listen to this conversation. It was not a good look for the Jewish people. And I was thinking, what should I do? Should I lean over, tap him on the shoulder and say, cut it out, get off the phone, make that call later? Should I just grab the phone out of his hand? I didn't do either of those things. Instead, I'm embarrassed to say, I did nothing. I just sat there, very uncomfortable. I spent the whole rest of the flight debating. Should I say something? Should I lean over the aisle? Should I say something when we walk off the plane? And again, I didn't do anything. We walk off the plane, he's with his wife. His wife has to use the restroom, so he's standing in the concourse, doing nothing just waiting for me to come over and say, by the way, couldn't help but notice. I'm sure you had a reason for what you were doing. It just, your end of the conversation didn't sound good for the Jewish people. Just be more mindful maybe in the future when you're on a public call like that. But instead, I did nothing, kept going. I spoke to some rabbis afterwards. It's worth learning these laws. Yes, there is an obligation to rebuke your fellow when he or she is doing something wrong, but it's complicated. There are certain times when you shouldn't if you know they're not going to listen and it's going to make it worse because now they're transgressing intentionally instead of accidentally. But there are other times when God's name is at stake, when it can be a chilel Hashem, when you've got to act. I think this was one of those situations where I should have acted to protect the reputation of the Jewish people. And I'm upset at myself that I didn't. Hopefully the next time I or you will get up, force myself to get up and drop what I'm doing, leave behind whatever I'm doing, and pick up my spear and act. No, I'm not suggesting that you kill somebody. But like they say on the subway, if you see something, say something. It's not easy. It's not comfortable. But we've got to do it. Hi, it's Nachum Siegel with a reminder to check out Flam Rosé, a dazzling, wonderful wine with aromas of spring flowers, cherries, and fresh strawberries. It's light to medium in body. It's a lively rosé, crisp and delicate on the palate. And it's frankly delicious. Flam Rosé. Try it today.
It's Nachum Siegel with a reminder about Belief, B-E-L-E-A-F, broccoli and cauliflower florets, grown in the renowned sun-drenched greenhouses of southern Israel in clean, fertile soil under perfect growing conditions. Freshly frozen, nutrient-rich, no checking required, insect-free, kosher year-round. Broccoli and cauliflower florets from our friends at Belief. Odem Mountain is a family-owned and operated boutique winery located in the most northern part of the Golan Heights region in Israel, right near the Syrian border. Odem Mountain wines are delicious. Try the Odem Mountain Volcanic Chardonnay 2016 and the Odem Mountain Haradome Reserve Cabernet Sauvignon 2018. Just two examples of great wines from Odem Mountain.
that uh, <laughs> for the first time in a while thank god it seems to happen um, in instances that are few and far between our entire network crashed a little while ago I think that was obvious uh, uh, seems right in the middle of our prior conversation anyway um, we are back and I want to thank Malcolm Honline for his patience we are going to do an abridged version of the weekly update because we have so many things to make up for that we did not do over the last 40 minutes or so, but um, we will get to our weekly update in just a moment. I want to thank our friends at JewishWorldReview.com, JewishWorldReview.com. If you're looking for thousands of articles about Israel and the Jewish world, to print that and to read over Shabbos, go to JewishWorldReview.com and enjoy. It is an amazing resource. Uh, also want to thank our friends at uh, A&H, this portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at A&H where if you go to Trader Joe's, you will find A&H hot dogs during these summer months. Enjoy a 10% discount on all A&H products at kosherdogs.net with promo code RADIO. A&H has been serving the kosher world since 1954, and A&H products are available at Better Kosher Supermarkets Nationwide. Try A&H today. And finally, don't forget about the brand-new book about Rabbi Schuster, A Tap on the Shoulder, written by Jonas and Rosenblum, who we spoke to yesterday. Go to artscroll.com. Go to artscroll.com. It is an amazing book. I'm sure you were intrigued by yesterday's conversation. It was really something. 
Um, go to uh, artsgirl.com. Always use promo code radio. Again, always use promo code radio. And Rabbi Yudin is going to join us from Israel. Rabbi Yudin is going to join us from Israel today live. Uh, and we'll get to that um, uh, just around 8.15 this morning here at JM and the AM. Malcolm Honline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. Joins us Fridays for the weekly update here at JM and the AM. Mr. Honline, welcome back to JM and the AM. Oh, thank you. Uh, you. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, again, our community is affected by a terrible disaster. Uh, this time in Florida, um, I- I'm assuming that you are hearing, and we will continue to hear news about members of our community, our greater Jewish community, who are victims in this terrible collapse. In addition, I saw that Israel is actually sending help from Israel uh, to help out with this terrible uh, uh, situation. All the rubble that has to be removed, and lives that hopefully still can be saved uh, in in the in the wake of this episode. I-, I-, I assume you're only hearing terrible things coming out of Florida this morning. We've heard uh, very bad things. Um, first of all, the, the building, you know, there's still 100 people missing, and there were some tapping sounds supposedly heard. I don't know that they're still hearing them. Uh, you know, the longer it goes, the harder it will be to, to hold out hope for finding people, especially such a massive collapse. I uh, just heard during the night of a young couple who was there in their 20s from Lakewood visiting people that another whose two children came, young boys came there to visit for the summer. I mean, just one case after another, and it's estimated that at least a third of those missing are Jewish and from the Jewish community, uh, maybe more, because the building was right near the, the shul, the, the synagogue, the Chabad synagogue was um, just uh, immediately in that adjacent, near, near the building. So we just have to be patient, wait, and everybody should continue to be misbelled to pray for them. And we as a community worldwide have yet another episode where in an instant uh, um, tragedy like this strikes. And it just, it just, it's, it's, it's hard to comprehend what we as a community worldwide have gone through uh, in the last few months. And this one, obviously, what, what looks like an earthquake disaster. It looks like the aftermath of an earthquake. That's how uh, devastating the, the scene is. And I would assume, I, I'm, I guess stating the obvious, I would assume that Israel at this point has so much expertise in these types of recovery, uh, of rescue and recovery missions that they felt the need to, to pitch in in this case. And there's a strong sense of identity with the Miami Jewish community and right. a very active community. And I think that the, you know there's a lot of bonds that people feel the need. The president, uh, President Biden, also sent emergency aid immediately and, and put resources at disposal. But it's a it's a painstaking. People I know are frustrated because they don't see results immediately. But it's a very painstaking and very dangerous because they debris keeps falling and the, the, the existing building is not stable. I was actually shocked to see as this rescue effort uh, continued. I was shocked to see the videos of people who were literally in the in the belly of the situation. And God knows, you know what could happen next after this uh, after this collapse. Who knows, you know what, what unfortunately could you know could occur. To those who are trying to to rescue people, so yeah, we pray for everybody. Obviously, the victims and those who hopefully are still uh, alive and uh, can still be rescued, and uh, those workers, those workers, whether they're from Israel, Florida, or anywhere, uh, who are trying their best in a very difficult situation. We pray for all of them. Um, well, we have an abridged version of the weekly update this week, but uh, I, I still need to ask you about election day, and not necessarily election day 
that was such an important day here in New York City. Maybe we should start with the other side of the world and tell us about the aftermath of the Iranian election. Well, it's very important, and um, the election of Raisi uh, has not been fully appreciated here, certainly not by the media. This is a man who was known as the hanging judge, the, the butcher of Tehran. He's, he's accused of uh, war crimes and crimes against humanity. He's, in fact, under sanction by the United States. Department of Treasury. He's uh, is truly an evil guy who was backed by uh, Khamenei. He's a, he's an, a student. Uh, he was mentored by Khamenei. He's uh, um, um, head of the judiciary until now, and they say that it's going back into the 1980s and 90s. He was responsible for the death of thousands of people, that he even witnessed them when they were thrown off cliffs as part of their death sentence, that uh, the numbers uh, go into the tens of thousands that he's responsible for. He is um, being used by them to try to press the administration into a deal saying, you know, if you don't conclude it with us by August 1st, you're going to have to deal with him. He's already said he won't meet with Biden. He's against the deals. He's a hardliner in every respect. But would respect, uh, I think, would want a deal in any event. He's, um, and truly, it's a horror that uh, somebody like this could be elected. As you know, thousands of other candidates were eliminated, uh, even down to, to key leaders, uh, Russell, uh, Larijani and others who were uh, knocked off by the Guardian Council and by the Supreme Leader, so that you were down to three or four candidates. But if you look at the results, first of all, don't believe the numbers they give. More than 50% of the people didn't vote, even by their count. And of that, 3 million votes were, um, which was number two place, uh, were, were mutilated or left blank as a protest. And then a third of the votes he didn't get. So when you, you boil it all down, he got a, a small percentage of the actual vote. And the vast majority of people boycotted uh, the election. So this will... Um, this will is not a democratic election, and and we believe the turnout was about half of what the government estimated. But now that the uh, <laughs> now that the results are in, even though even though you described type of election it was, now that the results are in, what will it do to the potential Iran deal with the West? What will it do in general with the enrichment of uranium and how Iran, no matter what the deal holds or doesn't hold, you know, they may just, you know, they, they couldn't care less whether there's a deal or not. Will it accelerate their uh, nuclear capabilities? They are accelerating the nuclear capacity. As you know, there was another sabotage operation against a centrifuge manufacturing plant near Karaj, which they denied. They went on the offensive to deny that any damage that they, in fact, took out the attacking uh, 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 quadcopters, uh, which were similar to ones used in in um, Lebanon, that uh, but in fact it seems that there was substantial damage done. But on every front that we know, they are moving ahead, and their cooperation with the IEA is diminished consistently. And the um, you know the United States has acted uh, recent this, this week against the Iranian disinformation campaign of Press TV. They closed down 33 or seized 33 websites used by Iran Islamic Radio and Television, and also closed down Press TV, which is um, a pro- pure propaganda play. The um, uh, centrifuges are spinning. They, we see that he said that they will not negotiate on the ballistic missiles or their regional activities, meaning Hamas, Hezbollah, and other activities. And this is um, only going to make it more complicated. And I hope that the West reaction is, isn't that 
it's all the more important, therefore, to make a deal. There is no deal to be had with somebody like this. Yeah, but you know that that's going to be the reaction, especially with who we have now in the White House. But I'm, but I'm, I'm essentially at the point, and it sounds like you agree, that no matter what the deal ends up being, and no matter who it's negotiated with, it's probably not going to stop this guy or others in charge in Iran from doing what they want anyway. So it's, it's as much as we can't stand the deal, and obviously we'd work against it, you know, to make sure it doesn't go through. Uh, nonetheless, it's just, it, it might be completely irrelevant in the long run. Well, the, the, what the, what is in the deal just gives you the capacity to monitor and to and get access for the IEA to to inspect sites, which is very critical. Uh, but you're right. Overall, the process, as we've seen, even through the JCPOA, has been enhanced. That they're enriching faster and more and stockpiling and admit that they have, you know, 63 kilograms of, of uh, 60% enriched uranium or more, and certainly a lot more uh, enriched at 20%. But also, we have to look at this election is really in the larger context that Khamenei is looking for his successor. And this gains him, you know, the, the, the credibility to move with uh, for his son, which is really his goal. Maybe he will put Raisi in as an interim, but uh, the goal for him is to get his son elected. Raisi is has a credibility with the extremists, and himself and sees himself as a candidate to succeed uh, Khamenei. So there's an overlay of the uh, in, in Iran itself about what. Uh, what this really means, but the, there's a lot of divisions and, and divisiveness within this structure. Even though they try to portray this as being, you know, the ultimate uh, control machine, but the protests, the fact that people didn't vote, the fact that you have uh, the, the strike starting in the oil industry and other sectors, again, not reported in, in the West, uh, tells a very different story. And I'm just confused. Just uh, th- so this attack. Uh, the drone attack that happened this week, uh, th- th- is that the one you're describing? As yes. sab- that's the one you're describing as sabotage. The quadcopter attack. No, that was not sabotage. That was an attack. From an uh, outside source. Probably. Ah, got it. So it's but it, No, but it was launched from near the site itself. Got it. Got it. So, so what's outside is so a hard definition. So it's possible. Right. <laughs> Somebody was on the outside. So, <laughs> so, so, if Isra- so if Israel, uh, you know, I mean, just as an example, if Israel went ahead and remotely uh, tried to carry this out, what they are saying is that they were able to, uh, to um, stop the attack. They said they talked, right. but people, got it. this is tell me that's not the case. Got it. Right, they're controlling the message in the media. Got it. It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Heard on listener-sponsored uh, digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSegal.com, the NachumSegal Network, and, of course, in the beloved NSN app. Today is the final day of our fundraiser, our spring-summer fundraiser. Today is officially the final day. If you haven't given yet, fjbunity.org. I would like to say that if you give, we can avoid... Uh, the network crash that we had about 40 minutes ago. I can't guarantee that, but down the road it probably would help as we continue to upgrade our network. Uh, but in all seriousness, um, whether it's for that purpose or just for the appreciation you have for what we do every single day, please support us. The listener revenue stream is an important one for us and helps keep us going and upkeep our studio and operation. Uh, it's fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org, and a special thank you to those who have been donating in memory of Mayor Weingarten. His shloshim is being observed today. I got the videos and the uh, pictures from Israel, those who went to the uh, gravesite to be there, and um, those who are donating in his memory, much appreciated. Malcolm, this may be the story that we really need to spend a little bit of time on. 
uh, and that's the one about the uh, uh, the letter, a letter from 73 Democrats in the U.S. House of Representatives, including a number in leadership positions. I'm reading from the Jerusalem Post, urging President Biden to make a number of moves to reverse what they call the Trump administration's abandonment of longstanding bipartisan U.S. policy on Israeli-Palestinian relations. Obviously, I, I mean, I, I, I'm going to emphasize it, even though I probably don't need to. Uh, obviously, there are members of the Jewish community on this list. Uh, there's there is a variety of things that they're demanding. What's your reaction to this letter from these seventy three Democrats? Well, it's very disturbing, and and as you note, some of the people signed it to, to be Jewish, but that doesn't uh, change their politics. Right. And it's a, a trend, and it's only going to increase the speculation about the alienation from the Democratic Party and from the Democratic Party. As you know, that Lapid said this week that this is going to be a priority for him is the. Um, uh, rebuilding ties with the Democratic Party. I think that the, a lot of these people are driven by extreme ideologies. It's not driven by facts on the ground. They are trying to reverse anything that was associated with President Trump, uh, including the recognition of the Golan. I understand and that there's some move in that regard. Wow. They, they, um, they did not talk about the embassy in Jerusalem, but they did talk about reopening the consulate. I mean, some of the things that are in there are, in fact, already underway. But we have, uh, you know, this is a disturbing thing, but it doesn't mean we write them off. It means that there are some that maybe have to be educated or reached out, but there has to be very strong voices, and especially those who are contributors, those who have um, the ability to, to uh, uh, be heard by those that are still rational and willing to, to listen uh, to reason. But we see so much of this is just based upon knee-jerk reactions and not based upon a factual assessment uh, that uh, the, the putting the onus again on Israel and trying to, quote, reset the U.S.-Israel relationship is exactly the wrong message to send, and especially when you have Hamas, Hezbollah, and the other terrorists, Iran, and everyone looking at it, they look at what they perceive to be a U.S. withdrawal from the region, which has broad implications that the United States is, is taking away Patriot missile batteries from Saudi Arabia and other countries, uh, reducing the squadrons of planes we have in the Gulf, which is only going to open the door to Russia, China, Turkey, others, but also send a message to Iran and the Hezbollah Hamas and all of their affiliates, as well as the other who are seeking to undermine friendly regimes, that the United States is, is shifting its focus to the Indo-Pacific, to China, and to um, and that there will be uh, it will invite an open season, and more than that, you know, it's it's the perception on which governments will will act, and they will say, look, if America is withdrawing a, a feeling that they have have had before as well, um, then they will they will act upon it. And you see that Russia and France others stepping in with arms sales, <coughs> which is an indicator of this. And the the concern, I think, that I've heard from many people just in this last uh, week or so about some of the statements have made, and then you get a letter from 73 members of this kind. Yeah, it's very disturbing. And with the opening of the consulate, what I'm assuming is that that consulate, meaning the one that was in the Arab section of Jerusalem, has been closed since the embassy opened? Is that is that what's happened? It, well, they did. They put it under the um, under the embassy, and oh. uh, because the embassy moved to Jerusalem, right? Right, they moved to close it. That was the one in Beit Hagron, not in the Arab sector, the one near the Waldorf. Ah, uh, got it. The consulate, right, understood. So the one that's in the Arab sector has been open the entire time. Or forget COVID, I'm saying has been operating the way you know any other consulate would be operating. 
there's an office there, but it's not the consulate. Oh, is that, is that sort of like a, a satellite? Like just a place as, where you can... As far as I know, that it was just a you know, uh, processing place, papers and stuff. But the, the real consulate is the one in Jerusalem. And now there's talk about moving it right. into East Jerusalem. But all of those things have not been resolved yet. So what pressure... First of all, the point that you've made a million times before, and obviously this morning in, in light of this news story is so important about how the world is going to view this letter, how the world is going to view Washington's support for Israel is so critical. And sometimes I wonder, you know, I I, I don't know if the... Uh, I, I mean, can I assume that there are some people of these 73 who are normally friends of Israel, who normally vote with Israel, who normally say the right things about Israel? Not, I would say many of them vote for aid to Israel. So this is Increasing such- numbers want to condition it, and, and it's again, remember, out of uh, 435 uh, members, it's not, uh, it's still a minority, but the, the there are those who take far more extreme positions, even in this, and there are those there that are fellow travelers now and joining in this wave. Uh, I think it's, it's uh, certainly misguided. I hope that through you know a lot of this is anti-bb and anti-trump right and and it's not just in regard to israel they, they're moving against any measure that uh, president trump uh, supported or instituted and uh, the fact that they, they haven't gone against the embassy in jerusalem i think is a reflection of the fact that they know that that's uh, taboo right now right that that's a that but uh, they could be vulnerable to who knows yeah I but g- i think president biden's made clear that he will not go along with that and this does not mean that this is policy of the administration. It's simply an expression by members of Congress. Right. And they cautioned the words a little bit more than the way the press presents it. I just want to make a point, because as you know, we're encouraging people, and with uh, some Jewish organizations, there's an effort now to get people to be in touch, especially during the summer season, with their local uh, government officials. And that includes members of the House, etc., some who might be on this list, others who may not be, etc., etc., I think this point that you're making is one of the things that need to be in the talking points in those sessions, whether via Zoom or in person. And that is that it's not just that you're going ahead and, and making a statement against Israel or asking the president to consider a policy that would be you know, not to Israel's liking. But in addition to that, the whole world is watching and seeing what Washington is doing, how they're reacting to all of this. And I think that has to be a major talking point now added to the list already that people bring into these meetings. And why would Iran agree to anything, and why would they, if they don't find not only a, a forceful force, but if they believe that with time these positions are all going to erode, right. and that the commitment isn't there, and it's not just regarding Iran, it's regarding all of the terrorist entities, and we see the threats from Hamas again, uh, trying to leverage their position, yeah. and certainly Hezbollah does it all the time too, and you got Turkey looming and moving in the background, and you've seen that the attacks about their education system, but for Europe, who thinks that they're immune, you know, that the, the revelations this week about the impact of Turkey, that the largest uh, extremist radical racist group in Germany is not the Nazis, but four times the size of the former members of the neo-Nazi party are the members of the Grey Wolves, which is a Turkish uh, uh, extremist group. Uh, that operates not just in Germany, but in organizing in other countries in Europe. So Lloyd thinks this, these all have ripple effects. Everything is interrelated. You know, that bone is connected to the shin bone here. Everything bone is connected and will, will influence the policies. And, and anybody who thinks that they're immune to the impact 
is making a big mistake. And now, speaking of ripple effect, as uh, Naftali Bennett, the new prime minister, goes through this whole Eviatar situation and decides, you know, whether in fact uh, this quote unquote settlement can be built, has to be, uh, has to be, uh, uh, you know, emptied of his residence, etc. I mean, is this is this going to be now done in the light of pressure from the U.S. or, or he has enough pressure on this issue from his current coalition? He doesn't have to worry about the U.S. <laughs> That's pretty well put. There's a choice, but he has a lot of internal pressures. But they have moved ahead on on a number of, of fronts. Um, look, it's it's so early in the new government. I think they're all f- still finding where their offices are and, and exploring it. But it's um, and still recovering from uh, the war and the right. um, and and also because of the you know the economic implications severe the post covid situation and now the rise of covid again in some uh, particular areas and moving quickly to prevent the spread so i think it's it's um, you know it's a very complicated time for for government to take place we have to see when they they have and decided yet about who the new ambassadors are going to be. They didn't name a new consul general in in New York, somebody who served as minister of tourism for four months um, and has, was a deputy mayor of Tel Aviv. Uh, a surprise name for, for many, but um, so they are slowly beginning to, to fill the post. Uh, a good person? In your estimation, I don't know. I don't ah, know. you don't know them. Um, it, tonight, you know, you, you could be sitting with with. Well, it's post COVID, or at least we think it's post COVID. Don't don't tell the Israeli government that it's post COVID, <laughs> as it doesn't look like I'm heading there in July now. <laughs> but um, uh, but to someone may ask you tonight at the Shabbos table for the post BB assessment. I mean, I know it's too early, and you're right, but still, you have to have some type of feeling. Just seeing what's happened over the last couple of weeks, Do you have any. Uh, do you have any um, uh, opinion about how this government is working post BB so far? Well, there's certainly, first of all, tonight I'm going to be at the Chevrolet for Adler. Then for sure I'm they're going to ask people you. People will be able to ask questions, but I wanted to give them a shout out and a model tub on their awesome wedding. Tub, my awesome grandson tub. and um, the, the Adler family, you know. Yep. Um, and so, no doubt there will be people who will have questions. Questions will have answers, but the. the, the um, Look, I think you know what united the government was the anti-BB. That's not enough to sustain a government, but their fear of an election and knowing the people don't want it, and that many of them might not make the cut if they go to another election, uh, is a motivating factor. But look, I think that they've made every effort, certainly at the Lapid Bennett level to appear to be cooperating, but it's one weekend. You've had a couple of points of tension already that, that arose, and when you have such a broad coalition, it's inevitable. Uh, they they will be tested very quickly on a lot of fronts. They made a, a very strong outreach on the Iran issue to the administration. Kohavi was here, others were here, and he, they took very tough stands, um, and the United States agreed to to uh, hold back on the negotiations a bit to give Israel a chance to make its case which it, it, it has, and there are various ongoing working groups and, and discussions about what Israel's concerns and information um, being provided to the administration about the implications. The reports are that they're very, Israel is certainly very concerned that the new the administration's position in negotiations is not stronger and longer, but right now weaker that sanctions are being lifted. But a lot of this is, is Iranian propaganda. Some of it is reality on the ground. And so we don't have a full picture, but the 
the concern is that at a time, and especially with Reusi coming in, et cetera, that the and the violations being revealed constantly, that the um, uh, you know that that the anxious that the desire to get a deal, yeah. especially on the part of the Europeans, <laughs> will override what might be the longer, better, longer term considerations. Totally, I totally get that. Uh, finally, uh, again, we don't always talk about local stuff, but I, I felt that this election Democratic primary for mayor of New York City will be watched by the entire country, and often what happens in New York, the entire country follows. Um, I mean, Eric Adams seems to be a legitimate uh, candidate and likely will go on to become mayor of New York. That's not 100% set yet, but I was disturbed by just how many votes certain people did get, especially the person who came in second place. Uh, any comment about uh, what we need to consider being here in new york city and not wanting it to turn to uh, other um uh, uh, cities around the world that uh, have this progressive um left-wing outlook that often is not to the benefit of the jewish community yeah a progressive is a bad word because it indicates that people want progress are, are in some way negative it's not progressive it's the institutions of these that completely erases history the, the what they call the woke culture though right. i'm not sure the cancel culture the, right. the you know taking down statues rewriting history trying to 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 uh, impose extremist uh, definitions uh, and especially in the educational system we've seen the the NEA this week the National Education Association we see what's going on in CUNY professors we've seen on, on our campuses strong anti-israel and what borders anti-semitic and in other cases blatantly anti-semitic um, manifestos and and uh, actions so uh, number one people have to be much more alert number two now's the time register still not too late if you're not registered and really make a commitment to go out and vote. I think that there were very wonderful efforts done by the FJCC here, by other groups at Borough Park, et cetera, to turn out uh, voters uh, in an off-year election. But you see how how a few votes can make a huge difference. And the advocacy of, of someone who, who came from nowhere and all of a sudden ends up number two in the city of New York. Yep. So it's very important that people turn out, that people vote, that you look at both parties and um, when it comes time for the election. But to get involved, to educate, to and really important, report crimes. People do not report anti-Semitic harassment attacks if they think it doesn't rise to the level. You have to, if, even if it's a car driving by, get a license plate, do anything necessary. We have to have much better reporting and much more concern on the part of uh, the community, uh, we're getting reports everywhere today from Pittsburgh of incidents there against uh, shul, people going to shul over the last uh, period. But it's it's everywhere. There's no, almost no place that's immune to it. And you and you never even discussed on the air, and you likely don't want to, but I'm going to mention, uh, I'm going to allude to it because you've said this to me off the air, what people are going through around the country in terms of employment when they have a certain position regarding Israel or they just wear a yarmulke or identify as a, an observant Jew, you can tell us, and again, I'm just being vague, but you can tell us that a lot of people are going through very sensitive situations right now. Very difficult situations. We have academics, professors who are resigning from these unions because and, and uh, often from positions at universities because the sense of harassment and of, of, uh, of the one-sidedness, and they use the... the uh, a Palestinian issue, uh, supposedly, but I think in many cases it's just a cover for the real reality of the anti-Semitism that they're expressing. They don't express 
express concern for the Uyghurs, they don't express concern for the, the Yazidis and all the other yeah. people who are truly being persecuted. Right. And and so it's not a question of human rights. It's not a question of their you know their um, hearts bleeding for some cause. It is really blatantly anti-Semitic at its core, and people should realize it. Now, and you've got to report anti-Semitic incidents. 100%. We pray for those in Florida, and uh, Malcolm, I thank you as usual. Have a wonderful Shabbos and Mazel Tov. Thank you, and good Shabbos to everyone. We should only have Simchas. Amen. Malcolm Holmline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, joins us Fridays for the weekly update here at JM in the AM. As I said, Rabbi Yudin is coming up from Israel. Rabbi Yudin is coming up from Israel. Today's the final day of our fundraiser. I want to thank those who've been donating in memory of Mayor Weingarten, who Shloshim is today. Ari and Sarah, a uh, of Flushing, thank you. In memory of Mayor, who we enjoyed listening to, also for Rafur Shleiman, Achai Devorah Basara Sprinza, who had surgery yesterday on the 24th of June. We mentioned that yesterday as well. Um, I want to uh, thank... Just give me a second here. I want to thank... Um, uh, Shane D. Berger of Muncie, in memory of Mayor Weingarten, a brilliant, insightful man who taught us so much about our history. Uh, I want to thank um, Ray Adler of Washington Heights, a donation in honor of Rabbi Yudin and Malcolm Honline. I want to thank a uh, four-times-high donor, and that's the Chaitovsky family, who donated in memory of Ira Eisenman, Ezra Chaim Ben, ben Rifka. And a uh, a donation from he, uh, from Helene Linder of West Hempstead in memory of Mayor Weingarten. Thank you, and to everybody out there who's been donating. Thank you to the Saltzes, uh, Stanley and Marsha in Sun in New Jersey for your donation as well. So to everybody who's donating, thank you. Go to fjbunity.org if you haven't given yet. Today's the last day. Fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. Today is the Shloshim for Mayor Weingarten, Mayor Nachum Ben David, and a special thank you to those who have been donating. In Mayor's memory, it is greatly appreciated, to say the least. Rabbi Yudin is in Israel, and we get to hear him live from Eretz Yisrael, where we hope to be soon. I don't know if it's going to be July or August. As I've mentioned, we have reservations for July. We'll see. We'll see if everyone cooperates to uh, meaning the state of Israel uh, to get us there. If not, then hopefully soon after. Um, but Rabbi Yudin is there. Baruch Hashem. Baruch Hashem. And we get to hear his words now, as we do every Friday. This time each every Friday, every Arab Shabbos, with great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Yudin, spiritual leader emeritus, Congregation Shomrei Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to, um, uh, to, to speak with us about the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin. Good morning, Nachum. Good morning, Shabbos, everybody. And really, it's good afternoon for not just myself, but Baruch Hashem here at home in Eretz Yisrael. Um, I want you to know it's one of those very few permissible jealousies that one is able to have. And so I just say to everybody, nothing less than wish you were here. It's nothing. That's it. It's home. That's all I can say. It's just one word. It's home. It just feels so good to be home. Okay. So I, too, want to begin by acknowledging that today is the Shloshim of Mayor Nachum Ben David, Mayor Weingarten, who gave us all so much and inspired us, and I hope that the Divrei Torah that I will share with you today will be an Eloi for his Neshama. Before I begin, I always try to start with something to help us all connect with um, Eretz 
Eretz Yisrael. And so um, let me begin with the following, that 30 years ago this week, in 1991, was Operation Shlomo, namely to bring Ethiopian Jews to Eretz Yisrael. This week, 30 years ago, 14,325 Jews from Ethiopia, from Adas Ababa, came to Eretz Yisrael. It was a covert military operation. It took 35 aircraft, including LL 747s and Air Force C-130s. They removed all the seats, and amazing. And I want you to know, number one, at that time, um, Ethiopia was a war-torn country. These Jews were simply in a state of Sakana. We're not even talking about their neshama. We're talking about their guf. American Jewry raised within hours $35 million to um, uh, ransom them, which had to be paid to the government at that time. And the rest is history. Today, there are more than 150,000 Ethiopians in Eretz Israel. First generation Ethiopian immigrants, second generation Israeli uh, Ethiopians. And uh, wonderful. All I can say is, this is the week of Matobo Alecha Yaakov, the week of Kibbutz Kolios. And before we even get started, let's remind ourselves that this Sunday is, and I'm going to say unfortunately, but listen carefully, it's not, it's the calendar. And the, we are dictated by the calendar. The calendar tells us that this Sunday is the 17th of Tammuz. Remember, my friends, the Navi Yecheskel promises us that, I'm sorry, the Navi Zechariah, the Navi Zechariah promises us that in the future, the fast of the fourth month, which is this coming Sunday, Shavuot the fast of the fifth month, which we hope is not going to be, three weeks later, Tisha B'Av, the fast of the seventh month, which is Tzom Gedalia, and the fast of the tenth month, which is Asar B'Teves, will someday be holidays. Remember, it's not me who's suggesting this, it's the Nabi Zachariah, and his word is solid. His word is gold. Because what do we say every Shabbos at the conclusion of the Haftorah? V'davar echad midvarecha achor lo yoshuv reikam. Not a single word of the Navi is going to be not fulfilled. So this is happening. And we pray it's going to happen very, very soon. Even Alevai this Sunday if not, it's called Okay, if unfortunately we have to fast this Sunday, understand that it begins the period of the three weeks. What's shot the period of the three weeks? It was on this day regarding the second base Hamigdash that the Romans, Yamach Shemam, broke through the walls of Yerushalayim and started their 
campaign towards the destruction of the base Hamikdash, which happened on three weeks later on Tisha B'Av. And as we approach Tisha B'Av, the intensity of the uh, Avelos of the morning becomes more and more. And so this Sunday begins the period of number one. We do not take haircuts during this period of time. If one can, one should not shave during this time. Secondly, weddings we don't have during these three weeks. We don't listen to music during these three weeks. And finally, we do not recite the bracha of Sheikh Yonu. Regarding Shabbos, during the three weeks, one could recite the bracha of Sheikh Yonu if somebody has something new for Shabbos. Okay. Let's get to Parshas Balak, which is the Parsha this week. I always begin by telling you how many mitzvahs are contained therein. Well, in terms of the Minyan mitzvahs, Balak does not have any mitzvahs. But I am going to tell you that there are 104 psukim in Parshas Balak. And I'm also going to tell you that the first 95 psukim of Parshas Balak are stuma. Stuma means there's not a single break in the uh, action from the beginning of Pasuk, Vayar Balak ben Sipor, through 95 psukim. Later, there's not a single break in the, uh, in the Torah. All one long paragraph. Something which if anybody were to submit as a composition, it would have been perfect, but ay ay ay, where are the paragraphs? We don't question Adarabah. Hashem knows how to put paragraphs when it's necessary, and here it is stuma. The whole thing is stuma. We can't understand it, but it will have very significant practical ramifications in just a moment or two. The Gemara in Brachos, Daf Yud Beis Amid Beis, tells us the very following interesting point. Amr Babu Bar Zutrasi, Amr Yehuda Bar Zvida, Bikshu Likvoa Parshas Balak Bikriyashma. Put yourselves, my friends, around the table. Where are you? You're at the time of Anshe Knesset Agadola. And that means we've just come back with, shortly with Ezra. We're at the beginning of the period of the second base of Migdash. And what's our discussion for today? What's on the agenda? Shema. Okay? There's a biblical mitzvah to recite the Shema. In the evening and in the morning. Is that one mitzvah or two mitzvahs? That's a machlokes between the Rambam and the Ramban. But now, listen carefully now. How much is to be included in the recitation of this one verse of Shema Yisrael? When one says the one verse of Shema Yisrael, have they not just fulfilled our, quote, Pledge of Allegiance, but have they fulfilled the biblical mitzvah? So, wait a minute. No, no, no. First thing the rabbi said is, you are to say, Boruch Shem Kavod. And without going into it now, we know the practice is to say it softly, quietly. Now, next, 
the rabbis tell us that you want to save your hafta. Right before the Shema, both evening and morning, the bracha is, Ohivamo Yisrael, HaKadosh Baruch Hu loves or Bukhir, Biamo Yisrael, Biava. Hashem loves, loves us, and we, in turn, reciprocate in kind, we love Hashem. And that first paragraph, according to many, is an integral part of the fulfillment of the biblical mitzvah. Second paragraph, V'hoyo Im Shemoa, is the theme of Scharva Onesh, that there is reward for the fulfillment of mitzvot, and there is appropriate punishment for the lack of fulfillment. Comes the third, and the second paragraph, according to others, is a continued fulfillment of the biblical mitzvah. And finally, the Rambam says, even the third paragraph. Now, what's the third paragraph? We know that it's the parsha of Tzitzis. Now, the Gemara is telling us that, oh, if you could only listen carefully around that table, there are those that suggested, wait a minute. Why should we do Pasha's Tzitzis? I have a different suggestion. Let's do Pasha's Bolok. And the Gemara says, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll see why in a minute. Why they even suggested, what was the Havamina? But the Gemara says, Why did they not institute Bolok? Mishum Torah Tzibur. Because it would have been a... It would have been something would have been too difficult for people to endure. Rumor has it that in the morning, some people actually do go to work. Uh, in which case, to say 95 psukim every morning, that's why I told you, remember the first 95 psukim till the last nine psukim of Benos Moav are one topic. Now, listen carefully now. The idea is, the Gemara there goes on to say that we have a principle, and we're taught, the Kol Parsha, that any, or Kol, let's do it, you know, differently. Kol Psuket Lo Paske Moshe, Nan Lo Paskinon, which means that where Moshe made the appropriate breaks in the text, we do the same. And if not, we just can't isolate one pasuk and take one pasuk out. Now, what was the one pasuk? Either the Gemara says, Teil Motsiyomi Mitzrayim, and just like in Sitzis, you have the idea that Hashem took us out of Egypt, which is Ashkocha Pratis, as we'll come back to in a moment, that God is involved in the Jewish people. So, too, do we have it in Parshas Bolok. The Gemara says, wait a second, if that's the case, come on. You have other parshios much smaller in the Torah, like Rebus, like Mishkolos, which also have Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim without 95 psukim. So Gemara says, ah, oh, we've got another pasuk. Korah, shochav ka'ari uchlavi mi yikimenu, whereby the pasuk in this week's parsha, which speaks about, and this is Pasuk Bamidbar 24, Pasuk 9. This is saying that he crouched and lay down like a lion, and like a lion cub, who can stand him up? So, listen carefully. Rashi takes note that says that you have within this Pasuk here, a reference to the Shema. Okay, namely, number one, that he, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, watches over us when we go to sleep and wake up. 
so that we can rest peacefully like a lion and its cub. And the Marshal learns, no, that he rises up so quickly in the morning in Zrizus and does mitzvot and recites the Shema right before, when he gets up and recites the Shema before he goes to bed. So that could be the reason why. In any event, the Gemara says it was only because it was too long that we don't say, come on, the Parsha of um, Balak every day. Now, very, very quickly, I'm going to take you now to the Gemara in Brachos Daf Zion. And there in Brachos Daf Zion, the Gemara brings the Pasuk from Tehillim, which says that Kale Zoem Bacho Yom. Believe it or not, HaKadosh Baruch Hu gets angry every day. That's in Tilim 7, Pasuk 12. Now listen carefully, everybody. The Gemara asks, how long is HaKadosh Baruch Hu's anger? And the Gemara answers, Rega. A, literally, a Rega. Now you wonder how much the Rega is a moment. It's a millisecond. Do you hear what I said? Much less than a second. So Tosfa says, okay, we'll get back to Tosfa in a minute. So hold on a second. So the Gemara proceeds to say, now remember, let's get into the parsha. Balak, the king of Moab, hires Bilam to curse B'nai Yisrael. Why? Because B'nai Yisrael just defeated the two world powers of Sichon and uh, Og, and he saw the king of Moab that he cannot in any which way, um, overpower Israel in the normal way of fighting. So he said, let's try in the unusual way, namely by cursing them. So he hires a Navi called Bilam, and the Pasuk tells us that he's Yodea Da'as Elyon. What does that mean? That he knew, according to the Gemara, he knew that exact second when a Kodesh Baruch gets angry, excuse me, and during that exact moment that a Kodesh Baruch gets angry, that's when he would say, according to Tosos, one word, I can't even say it, three-letter word, Kalim, destroy them. And if God forbid he would have, ay, 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 that would have been the end. Now listen carefully. In this week's Haftorah, and it's a must, it's a short Haftorah, you've got to take a look at it. And listen carefully to the Navi, Micha. And what does the Navi Micha say in Perik Vav? Take a look in Pasuk 5, 6 colon 5. Ami, my people, Zachar na, remember, Mayoatz Bolok Melech Moav, what Bolok, the king of Moav, plotted, Uma Onol Oso Bilam Ben Baor, and what Bilam answered him. Now, why, Lamandas? Why should you remember to remember and to know Sitkos Hashem, the righteous, the righteous acts of Hashem? Now, what is this righteous act of Hashem? So the Gemara goes on to tell us back on Zion Amad Aleph that Hashem did not get angry during this entire episode that Balak hires Bilam, not even for that millisecond. So Bilaam did not have the opportunity to curse Klai Yisrael. Whoa. Okay. Now, why could we, should we have included this? Says the Pnei Yoshua in his commentary on the Gemara Brachos. Yud Beis, why would we have considered 
Parshas Bolok, because the Navi says, Ami Zuchorna, my people, remember. Now, what should you remember? Remember this week's Parsha, okay? Now, how many, quote, mitzvos do we have from the Nevi'im? Come on, it's a very short list. You're going to tell me, you're right, from the Navi Yeshaya, we have keyboard of Shabbos, right, preparing the home for Shabbos, getting dressed and taking a shower, etc. today for Shabbos, that's one for the Navi, give me one more, Onik Shabbos, good. You don't have a big list, it's a very short list, says the Pnei Yeshua, here is an opportunity, we would have had the opportunity every day of fulfilling what the Navi Micha urges us, Ami Zacharna. We didn't do it because of Tirchad Sibura. I want to thank Rabbi Yisrael Reisman. I saw Torah. He brings beautifully from Rabbi Labela Eger the following beautiful Machshava. What's going on in this week's Parsha? There are two kinds of salvations that we have from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. One is the open kind, namely, Am Yisrael were told in Parshas B'Shalach, they open their eyes, Paro's running after them with his army. Oh my goodness, they see the Tzara in front of them. And by Yitzhak Hubenei Yisrael Hashem, they cry out to God. And guess what? Hashem comes and helps them in their moment of Tsar. And that's exactly what Purim is. They saw Haman in front of them. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu, as we say at the Pesach Seder, Matzileinu Miyadam. And then there is this week's parsha. Says Reb Eger. Watch. Who knew that Balak hired Bilam? Who knew that Bilam wanted to curse Pnei Yisrael. Who knew that HaKadosh Baruch Hu thwarted Bilam's attempts? Who knew that HaKadosh Baruch Hu did not get angry, not even for a moment? And the answer is nobody. If the Torah would not have recorded it, nobody would ever have known this. Wow! Look at this Yeshua that HaKadosh Baruch Hu does on our behalf. And this is what we say every day, my friends, in the Shemona Esrei. Pause. Don't daven so fast, especially now that the three weeks are coming. Daven more slowly, especially the parts in the Shemona Esrei of V'lishalayim Irecho Berachamim Toshuv V'semach Dovid Avdecha. Right? The idea of... Say it slowly. What are you going to say in the modium? We all have in our lives different kinds of challenges. And we all have in our lives different Yeshuos. Some Yeshuos that we actually saw firsthand. We don't know how we'd get out of this mess. How we'd get out of this pickle. And yet, there are other times that we don't even know. And that's what we say in our Shemona Esrei. Pause and say, thank you, Hashem, for the miracles that we don't even realize that you do for us every day. And the truth of the matter is, the shortest chapter in Tehillim is... <clears throat> from Haliel. Hallelujah, Hashem kol goyim, shabchu kol umim. It's almost over. Kigavarolin, that's it. V'yemes Hashem li'olam, hallelujah, the shortest paragraph in all of Tillin. And you know what the theme of the paragraph is? What do you mean the goyim are going to praise Hashem? What are they praising Hashem for? Because they know what they wanted to do to us, and they know how he 
them from doing whatever they wanted to do. So what emerges from Parshas Bolak is that we say thank you, Hashem. Thank you, Hashem, for all that you do for us, for helping us with our unfortunate enemies that come forward and identify themselves as such, but even more so for those that we don't know, for those beautiful acts of chesed that you do for each and every one of us every day. May we be worthy of this continued practice for each and every one of us, for all of Klai Yisrael, and may soon, soon, Shavasa Batamas and the others be turned into a true Yom Tov. Shabbat Shalom to all. J.M. in the A.M. My thanks to Rabbi Yudin with us live from Israel. And uh, my special thanks to today's Devar Torah, today's words about the Torah portion. We're dedicated to the memory of Mayor Weingarten, whose Shloshim is today Mayor Nachum Ben David. Friday morning broadcast on this J.M. in the A.M. June the 25th, the 15th of Tammuz, Erev Shabbos, Parshas, Bala. Candlelighting 811. Make sure you know when things start where you are. Candlelighting 811. My thanks to those who have been giving and giving generously to our fundraiser. Thank you to everybody who's been giving. We're in the final minutes of our fundraiser. It's literally 15 minutes till the end. If you haven't given yet, if you've waited till now, I'm asking you please uh, to support us. Uh, help our uh, our um, our efforts here. Help our efforts here continue to be um, effective in inspiring, entertaining, and informing the Jewish world. Please, thirty-eight years. This era of Rosh Hashanah, which is less than three months away, it'll be thirty-eight years that I've had the pleasure and privilege of doing this. Let's keep going. FJBUnity.org, FJBUnity.org, FJBUnity.org. Um, Moshe Gavant of Baltimore, Maryland, donated $100 in honor of a very special birthday for Anne Ellen Gavant of Baltimore, Maryland, formerly of Memphis. Um, <laughs> he writes, you might be ready for Medicare, but Medicare is not ready for you, your old husband, Moshe. Well, <laughs> to Anne to Ann, Ellen, and to Moshe, thank you for the donation. Happy birthday from all of us here at JM in the AM. Yeah. Um, heh, it's actually pretty funny. Um, what else I want to tell everybody? I remind you again about the accelerated admission days at Turo's Lander Colleges. Lander College for men this coming Monday, 12 to 5. For women uh, on the Upper West Side, 9.30 in the morning until 4.30. On Monday in Lander College of Arts and Science on Avenue J in Brooklyn, women from 10.30 until 3, men from 4.30 until 7.30. A reminder from earlier in the week, partnersintorah.org, partnersintorah.org. Those of you out there who want to spend some time this summer, it could be as little as a half hour a week, but if you want to spend some time this summer doing something very meaningful and inspiring, go to partnersintorah.org, partnersintorah.org. You will be inspired. That I can guarantee you. Um, a very easy algorithm, a very easy system on the homepage of the website makes it really easy to be a teacher or a mentor uh, at Partners in Torah. Again, go to partnersintorah.org for information, partnersintorah.org. This portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at A&H, Abel's and Hyman, Kosher Hot Dog Sausage and Deli is the world's best, serving the kosher world since 1954. 
and available at better kosher supermarkets nationwide. Also keep in mind that A&H hot dogs are now available during the summer months at Trader Joe's nationwide. Keep all of that in mind. Try A&H today, as we always say. Uh, also, speaking of promo code radio, not that we were speaking about promo code radio, uh, but I remind well, promo code radio is good at the kosherdogs.net site, uh, kosherdogs.net. Use promo code radio. Uh, but in addition, our friends at Art Scroll have a brand new book. It's called A Tap on the Shoulder. A Tap on the Shoulder. The Incredible Life of Rabbi Mayor Schuster. Jonas and Rosenblum was with us yesterday. You've got to get this book. You've got to get this book. It's so inspiring, so amazing, so incredible. Um, you got to get this book. Uh, what do you do? You go to artscroll.com. Very simple. You go to artscroll.com. Use promo code radio. And you'll get a massive discount and a um, and a free and free shipping. Massive discount and free shipping. Um, so keep that in mind when you go to artscroll.com. You know the rule. When you go to artscroll.com, always use promo code radio. Always. And I mean always. I better not find out that you weren't using promo card radio. <laughs> anyway, uh, today is uh, Mayor Weingarten's Shloshim. On Monday, we'll conclude Dr. Lior Gottlieb's presentation on Shirei Amalo. Today, we're up to 133, Chapter Kuf Lamid Gimel with Dr. Lior Gottlieb. Um, and this one includes some, includes words that are just so remarkable when we think of Mayor Weingarten. Today is Hishloshim Mayor Nachum Ben David. Dr. Lior Gottlieb at JM in the AM. I'm going to start this. I apologize. There we go. Here is Dr. Lior Gottlieb at JM in the AM. The 14th Shir HaMa'alot, Mizmor Kof Lamed Gimel, Psalm 133, is a short, quaint appreciation of the wonderful communion that is shared between siblings when all is good between them. How good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell together. These words became one of the most well-known Hebrew songs of the 20th century, known by heart even by Jews who knew very few other biblical songs. On February 11, 1986, one of the most famous political prisoners of the evil communist regime that was the Soviet Union, Natan Sharansky, was reunited with his people in Israel, after enduring for many years the horrors of the Soviet prisons. When he arrived in Israel and dramatically spoke before a jubilant crowd of Jews that gathered to welcome him home, he said in Hebrew, Even when entire years passed in which I received not even one word from Israel, there was not one day, not even one moment, in which I did not feel connected with all of you. Even when I was in solitary confinement, I sang, The pleasant brotherhood that is being lauded in this mizmor is compared to two very different images in verses 2 and 3. The first is an image of Aharon, the high priest, at the moment of his anointment. Like fine oil on the head running down the beard, the beard of Aharon coming down to the collar of his priestly vestment. The second is an image from nature. Like the dew of Hermon that falls on the mountains of Zion. 
Various Mepharshim attempt to explain how each one of these two images functions separately as an analogy for the beauty of an extended family living in harmony. I would add that it may be no coincidence that these two images sit side by side. Perhaps the image of dew on the mountains functioned originally as an analogy for the high priest himself. The well-known piyut Mar'e Kohen gives a long list of beautiful pictures from the natural world that were all on par with a magnificent image of the high priest at the climax of his service on Yom Kippur. While the piyut itself is medieval, its underlying idea is ancient and is found in the second temple book, Ben Sirah. Perhaps our Mizmor arranged an existing analogy in a new way, portraying both the high priest at a dramatic moment and the beauty of the mountains around Yerushalayim glistening with morning dew as mirroring the lovely spectacle of healthy brotherhood. Both Yerushalayim and the Avodah of the high priest lead to God's blessing. Kisham Hashem Hayim Ad HaOlam There Hashem proclaimed the blessing of everlasting life.
sense, huh? Hine Mato from Kolachai in uh, memory of Mayor Weingarten after uh, Dr. Lior Gottlieb discussed that pasuk in today's uh, study of the Shirei HaMalot. Time to say good Shabbos. Sunday is Shavas Tammuz, start of the three weeks. Keep that in mind. Candle lighting at 8.11 in New York. Journeys at JM and the AM.
thank uh, some more people who've donated in the last minutes of our fundraiser. Thank you, thank you, thank you to everybody. You can still go to fjbunity.org all year round, by the way, <laughs> and donate <laughs> all year round. Listener Elka on the Upper West Side, a memory of Mayor Weingarten. Thank you so much. And, and again, thanks to everybody who's been donating in memory of Mayor. It means so much to all of us, believe you me. Uh, I want to thank uh, Zlati Katz of Brooklyn, New York. Thank you for your, very much for your donation. I want to thank uh, uh, Joseph Shulovitz. Thank you very much for your donation. I want to thank um, uh, I want to thank Aaron Greenberg a one hundred dollar donation. Thank you very very much. I want to thank uh, I want to thank um, Lori and Schleimi Mermelstein. It's such an honor to have you guys as supporters, and I'm serious when I say that, and I think you know that. A $100 donation. Thank you very, very much. Uh, I want to thank uh, listener Eileen. Um, Eileen Rockland, thank you for your donation. And I want to thank those... Oh, we have more. I want to thank um, uh, Joan Leiser of West Orange, New Jersey, three times high. I want to thank uh, Morris Gavant. We thanked Morris earlier from uh, Baltimore, Maryland. And, oh, Mark Weintraub gave yesterday a $100 donation. That was really nice toward the end of the live lunch. And our friends at the Kitchen Click on Avenue L in Brooklyn, New York, thank you to uh, uh, to, to Fagy Sprecher and her family um, for uh, donating. It's much appreciated. And, again, a big thank you to those who donated in the memory of Mayor Weingarten. That's also very much appreciated. Achenu Bisrael and Achim Achemer, brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners, sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at AchimSegal.com and the AchimSegal Network, and, of course, in the beloved NSN app. And that wraps it up. You could always donate, but I appreciate those who uh, did so during our fundraising uh, drive over the last couple of weeks. And thank you. If you want to give, it's fjbunity.org. Have a wonderful Shabbos. Great weekend. Um, Rummy tomorrow night. Matis on uh, Sunday morning at 7 a.m. Easy Fast on Sunday. I'll speak to you Monday morning in our three weeks format here at JM in the AM. Till then, Nachum Siegel reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future. Mm-hmm.